0: Ladies and gentlemen, we are about seven days away from Monster Mania Con number forty-three, if I'm not mistaken, and you are listening to it came from Cherry Hill with your hosts Rob and of course myself, Glenn. Rob, how are you this evening?
1: I am, and I'm full of Antissa.
0: Ah, I love what you did there, my man. And, you know, it's that's, of course, from the awesome movie Rocky Horror, which will have its own little place in this episode, because we're lucky enough, we've been waiting, we've been holding on to this episode, so that we can talk about the movies that have been announced, that are being shown during the convention, and luckily, the convention gods blessed us with them late this afternoon, so it paid off. I was nervous about waiting.
1: <laughs> yeah, and if you're all like us, you just... You're dying to talk more about Khan. The anticipation is is totally killing you. So we have a jam-packed episode today with tons of stuff to talk about. So this is going to be an exciting one
0: awesome my man awesome and i actually think our first topic here you know since we got a little bit to talk about and then of course we actually have an interview we were able to get one of the vendors from the convention on the show her name is jen uh, of cemetery haunts uh she makes these really awesome tombstones and she's going to be vending at the con all three days i'm not quite sure of the location where her booth is but i've seen the display you can check her out over on instagram the link is going to be in the show notes uh instagram it's just cemetery haunts all in one word together uh so she actually has a photo of the display that she's gonna have at the convention so definitely keep an eye out from it uh and it's she did a great little interview with us all like thank you so much for taking the time to come on to the show uh but she really does a great job i feel like of talking about the creation process and kind of how she got started doing it
1: yeah, you know an interview is awesome when you, when you talk for a bit, and then you close off the interview, and then you just keep talking, yeah. um, which is awesome. She's a super interesting person. She has really cool work, um, and if you're interested in kind of a more unique type of collectible, um, I think she is someone you're absolutely going to want to check out when you get to the con. I'm excited to, to check it out and, and see her wares in person.
0: I really like too that while we were talking to her like she mentioned how she's gone to the convention like a bunch of times and like I could tell that she is definitely someone who is really passionate about uh, like you know Monster Mania itself and the convention experience you know she, she talked about like how you're there like it just feels awesome and that that's like the whole feeling of like why we do this show so I, when she when she was talking and you can feel like her passion for what she does and for going to the convention I was like yes I was like you're you're one of us
1: one of us <laughs> one of us I'm just I'm gonna do the entire today in references. I hope that's cool.
0: That's fine. That's <laughs> fine, my man. Let's see what kind of Saw 2 references you have though, because Oh so- Lord. Saw 2 was our um, movie review that you uh chose, I believe, uh for this episode.
1: I did. I have a um I have a deep uh, I have a deep love affair with the Saw franchise. Um i I especially would say that, you know, of all of the, the horror icons and I put Jigsaw in that in that but Jigsaw's yeah. one of my favorites because he's you know he's not he doesn't get his hands dirty he is the master manipulator and i always found those movies to be a fun take on the you know the horror guy if you will so i love those flicks
0: yeah, it was awesome because jigsaw kind of came out like at a time where i think it was right around the same time where we started to get like freddie versus jason and mm-hmm. that was like kind of the end of really at least until the Friday the 13th remake came out of like the big like you know premiere horror villain movies like franchise wise you know anyway um and then we got introduced to Jigsaw and he kind of like carried that torch for a little bit uh and I really like I'm with you man I really do like the Saw franchise I love Jigsaw as a character and you're talking about kind of how he's like pulling the strings and he's kind of in charge, I feel like in Saw Two, he's definitely like you know he is on top of it and he loves it. He's just soaking in all the scenery in the beginning of this movie.
1: Yeah. So what did you? Th- when was the last time you watched a Saw movie?
0: You know, it's been it's been a little bit. I really do like the franchise. I have them all. Um, there's an awesome box set of this too. Actually, you can get a Walmart of all places. I think it's eleven dollars and you get all the Saw movies and it actually comes with a jigsaw puzzle. <laughs> it's it's super <laughs> cool. Um, it's been a while since I've watched a Saw movie. I think the, probably the last. Saw movie would be the latest uh, Saw uh, that I think we saw in the theater. Oh, um, Jigsaw. Yeah. And I haven't done, which I actually liked, uh, but I can't remember the last time I saw a t- Saw 2 uh, because some of the scenes in it, are it's got some of the most brutal like traps, like for sure, like hands down, what I think is probably the worst and most cringy trap uh, in the Saw franchise,
1: which is which I think anyone who's seen the movie um, would probably recognize as the needle trap. Which, when you really think about it, it's
0: not even a trap, like yeah,
1: well, kind of. And it's it's really from a like when you look at like all it's one of the things that I find so interesting is that you know horror can be so incredibly simple, in that really all that was is a big old pit of you know needles in it um with all of the crazy contraptions and rube goldbergian death machines jigsaw has created the one that always sticks with you is just a bunch of needles in a hole in the ground
0: you know why because all the other jigsaw traps like you're never going to like you're never going to experience getting your head locked into that mechanism <laughs> that snaps shut and it's got, like, the Hellraiser needles on it. Like, that's not going to happen to you. But everyone's gotten, like, a shot or has that fear of, like, you know, like, like a random needle, like, poking you or something like that. And that, that's something, that's a feeling, a sensation that you're familiar with. So you take that and you amp it up to a thousand. And as soon as you see her get thrown into those needles, you're like, oh, man, like, one needle is horrible enough. I can't imagine that many. And, like, where have they been? And, ugh so it's the worst man so sometimes the simple is the most effective
1: so where did you uh where do you where do you rank this in kind of the the pantheon of soul movies like where does this land for you I feel like
0: you know it's funny because again I haven't watched it in a while I just we, you and I both just watched it yesterday before recording this podcast so um it's it's pretty fresh in my in my mind luckily um I think this is actually towards the higher end of the spectrum for me, um, which is weird because if I would go back and, and think about the movies, like I don't know how high I would have just put this one going off of just memory, but like I love the beginning uh, of this movie, and I, I really like the ending of it as well uh, when kind of Jigsaw, especially in the beginning when Jigsaw is kind of in there and the cops trap him uh, and then he like you know reveals the game uh, and Marky Mark is talking to him and they're going <laughs> back and forth and like Jigsaw is like taunting him like, I just... I just love that because you don't get too much of that we don't really get much of that like i'm in charge like you know being all cool jigsaw because after this you get saw three where he's pretty much sick the whole time and then he's dead so you know, this is, I feel like this is the, like, you know, the most, like, swagger jigsaw has ever had.
1: <laughs> Number one, it's Marky Mark's brother. That's true. It's Donnie Wahlberg. Donnie. Okay. Oh, I'm
0: sorry. From New Kids.
1: Yeah. Don't, not,
0: not Mark <laughs> Mark. All right. My bad. My bad. Wrong 90s heartthrob. Yeah,
1: the, the Wahlbergs were a musically inclined family, weren't they? <laughs> yeah. I mean,
0: <laughs> successful for sure.
1: So, um, I, um, as I already mentioned, I'm a big fan of the Saw franchise. And I find that the, um, I think the second, the third one's still my favorite because I like the I like the twist on it, um, the the play on the formula where it's kind of the innocent guy, innocent you know, going through the ordeal, but in the second one I find that it's you know the first movie, I I've I've watched it somewhat recently and it's it's not good, <laughs> Um, it's the acting is is none of the Saul movies are no, well known for their for their acting. Um, but the one, it's, it's pretty rough. Um, they were still trying to figure out the formula. And it has a couple of iconic moments. And it has the twist. The twist at the end is the thing that I think everyone remembers. Um, the second movie I feel like is a better, more more cohesive film in and of itself. Um, it is uh, it's super interesting. And I really loved, and the reason we did this is because Shawnee Smith uh, will be there. And this is uh, kind of the Shawnee Smith uh, showcase, right? Because she is, you know, the main the main character, if you will, of the film. And especially when you get to the end, where she is obviously, you know, working in cahoots with Jigsaw. Um, you know, really, the way she plays it throughout the whole movie is great. Um, the one thing I've never noticed before, which I thought was really cool, was the makeup. So if you watch the movie, all these people have this nerve agent, right, going through. Mm-hmm. That's kind of the that's kind of the spiel if you watch every character every character as they go through and go through time they start becoming paler and paler shawnee smith doesn't change she looks exactly the same from when she goes in there to when she leaves and i've never noticed that before um and it's 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 cool when you pick up one, you're like oh that's cool that's like one of those little movie details i love because she obviously was you know doesn't she, have the agent yeah, yeah she had she injected herself with what i assume she injected herself with whatever before she walked in uh the death trap but it was super cool and super interesting i never noticed that before
0: yeah i feel like this is like the aliens of the Saw franchise (laughs) you know there's a there's a lot of like action in this movie and i love how like this movie like hits the ground running you know you're like you're in it pretty much as soon as it starts um and i like that i like that pacing of this one and this is also one of the feel like one of the last saw movies maybe saw 3 is the last one um before they really start making you go back in time because Mm -hmm. saw develops that problem later on and I've never written nine movies. So, like, if I wrote nine, I'd probably have problems too. But they start to like reference themselves in really crazy manners. Like, once you get to the later Saw movies, like, you'd be watching Saw 5, and they're like, remember this moment from Saw 2? Now think about Saw 4. Now Saw 3, now the original. Now back to 3, now 4. Like, I think it's six that does that where they hop around. There's parts of all the different movies. And I'm like, like, bro, like, these movies came out like. Six years ago. How am I supposed to remember <laughs> what happened? Like, So this is one of the ones where it's more straightforward. And if any Saw movie is going to appeal to somebody who may not be a horror, like this is a horror movie. But if any Saw movie might be like the entrance way for that, this one might be. Because it's got more of an aggressive pacing that might appeal to a larger variety of people.
1: What? you're gonna recommend like i could just imagine i'm saying
0: i'm saying like if you if you meet somebody and they're like you have never seen a song movie before like what what type of one is gonna like 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 if one's gonna grab me
1: i feel like this one might might do it you have the best conversations ever when you're just you know what i want to do tonight i want to watch a song movie i guess i mean that's what we do right um yeah i want to show the movie where we throw a woman into a giant pit of needles well no but that's one of the
0: that's one of the like traps but i'm saying <laughs> yeah, if you would come across somebody I know who's going. never seen saw before which one would you throw them plus like you don't really have to know you don't really have to really know what what the first one's about they talk about how he's a serial killer in the first like 10 seconds yeah. of the movie so then you're like okay cool and you don't have to worry about all the crazy flashbacks and again aggressive pacing like it keeps the action moving i feel like there's a level of excitement in this that is not in the other saw movies
1: speaking of aggressive uh, can we talk about them jump cuts for a second? No. Oh man, talk about early two thousands movie making.
0: I was gonna say, I'm like, I think this is a product of its time in that respect.
1: It is. It's a twelve year old movie right at this point. So, but those those like just super fast, super aggressive jump cuts. There's actually one in particular where, and like I said, and I I do hold bias. I think this is this is shawnee smith's um, again i think saw three she's probably a little bit better on the acting because it's a more interesting role but she's very very good here but there's one scene in particular they keep jumping back to her with this face like this weird eye bulgy scream face uh it does not do her. it's a little yeah it looks weird i giggled i giggled it was like towards the tail end of the movie um and that was uh that was humorous but yeah uh overall i mean i like it i still like the saw franchise i like uh, a lot i definitely the original trilogy is probably my favorite um and you know some of the later films do get a little wonky Mm -hmm. but it was was fun to revisit it actually made me it made me want to go back and start like maybe go through and rewatch me because it's been a long time
0: yeah i I do think at this point kind of kind of does hold up and it does make you want to watch some of the other ones so that's that's good. You know, that's what you, that's what you want. And for a movie that's, you know, 12 years old and came out in a time where we were getting a whole bunch of horror movies, what's felt like every other month or so, um, almost like now really.
1: Yeah. So overall, you know, two, two, two saw blades way up.
0: Yeah. <laughs> I like it. Uh, speaking of, you know, excitement and, uh, you know, two thumbs up, we have a lot of movies that were announced for the convention itself. Uh, a ton they announced both all the films and all the events for Friday Saturday and Sunday at the con so I figured we kind of just jump into it right now uh, and kind of just talk about some of these some of these events and some of these uh movies and just kind of see what we're interested in what do you think
1: sure man I think anyone who didn't follow along with our watch along but last month um can go see idle hands at 10 p.m
0: uh, yeah, definitely. That is one. Actually, that's the very first movie. So let's go ahead and start off with Friday. Now, it looks like for Friday, pretty much all, they're doing it again, where all the movies are in Plaza 1 3. If I'm not mistaken, Plaza 1 3, if you walk in the main entrance of the hotel, um, on your left, you're going to see a cafe. And if you kind of make like a almost like a like a u-turn like a hard hard left you can see a set of stairs that walks up you can walk up that set of stairs and then once you get to the top you make a left uh there's a room a bigger room over on the left hand side Uh, i believe that's plaza one three where they do uh all the movies i think but yeah i think so Um, Plaza Exactly, Plaza 1-3, located on the mezzanine level, uh, second floor. So perfect. So all the movies are going to be in there. I think that's because in that bigger room that they used to do Rocky Horror in, um, they're probably going to be doing uh, photo ops in there. I think that's what they did last year. And then, of course, at the Riverside Pavilion, which is the outside like attached venue, uh, that is where they're going to be doing all the Q&As and the Rocky Horror Picture Show on Saturday. Mm -hmm. So Plaza 1-3 for all your films. And Idle Hands is the first movie on Friday night at 10 o'clock. We just watched this, but like you said, if you haven't seen it, there's a good way to go ahead and check it out.
1: Uh, have have an adult beverage or two before you make your way in
0: yeah it wouldn't hurt <laughs> <laughs> and then they do only have one more movie that night which is fine because you know I'm'm I'm, Friday Friday is the early night I'm usually a little, a little tired that night uh, and that's big trouble in little China at midnight on Friday great great movie I feel like it gets shown uh, like often but I mean that, that's fine with me
1: well yeah again uh, the gentleman for, I forget his name uh, who plays Lopan is there so that makes sense and it's a classic flick I mean it's you know you can't you can't ever knock on Big Trouble, in Little China? No, absolutely. And then
0: Saturday is where we really kind of kick off. And we don't really start movies on Saturday until the after hmm, evening slash afternoon because we get a few Q and A's. And the very first Q and A is at two thirty on chat Saturday, and that's gonna be Shawnee Smith.
1: I'm um, uh, we generally, um, we generally don't do a lot of Q and A's. We've done a couple over the years, but I'm, this is actually one I'm particularly interested in. I'd like to I'd like to hear what she has to say. I think it could be a good one.
0: Yeah, so. yeah, I think that one could be good. And then we have Beverly D'Angelo at three o'clock, cool. um, also in the same oh, also in the same room. So they're going to be quick. going to be quick Q and As. Uh, and then Kathy uh, Najimini. Najimy, what is she from? N A J i
1: m. Who is she from? Um, uh, Hocus Pocus.
0: Oh, d- yeah, duh. Um, uh, yeah, Hocus Pocus is super popular.
1: Oh yeah, well, it's the you know, when you think about it, right? It's our age, so you know, mid to late thirties, and like, okay, okay, early, <laughs> early to late thirties. Barely mid. Yeah, keep telling yourself. That. <laughs> um, and uh, yeah, you're like, you know, it's a kids movie, and you know, we have kids, and you get to show your kids that thing around Halloween. It's a nostalgia trip. Yeah, That's totally. True.
0: Uh, and then lastly, last one I, Dude, I want to see this I want to go to this one Is the Devin Sawa Q&A at 4 o'clock Because
1: our boy has been in a ton of movies Oh, I'm totally down to see a Devin Sawa Q&A like, um, And the nice I, I like the fact they're a half hour I think it's a good yeah, amount me too. of time um, I find that sometimes Q&As when they go too long It gets a little, well, long in the tooth Um, It can, it can get a little awkward Is that the way to put it? Um, yeah Half yeah. hour is a perfect amount of time because, I mean, you know, um, one of the things
0: I like is that anybody can ask a question to Q&A. You know, it's not like it's a prepared list of questions. People stand up, yell out their questions to the best of their ability. Sometimes I have a mic and, um, <laughs> uh, and they just go. Uh, and it usually takes a little while before I feel like the audience feels comfortable enough to start standing up and sometimes the the star isn't like you know they always do that i feel like they always do their best to answer anytime we go but it's the energy in the room if you have good energy like it i feel like it reciprocates itself in 30 minutes i feel like it's going to kind of force people to be like all right i definitely want to ask this question i'm going to get up i'm going to stand up and ask this question and i feel like that'll be better um then we get into the movies and the first one now this is it's always been worded this way but here's my question um the first movie is final destination it's not necessarily final destination it's just final destination film now, as somebody who's been going to the horror convention for a while and has been looking at the movie list for a while, it almost always says "film" at the end of the movie. I don't know why. <laughs> maybe, maybe it's because, like, because I, I don't know any Final Destination TV show, so like you think it was the movie. But are they saying it's a movie from the franchise, or are they saying it's Final Destination? And if it is Final Destination, is it Final Destination original movie, or is it the Final Destination like the new one? I'm gonna lean towards its final destination because Devin Sa si was there.
1: Yeah, it's the it's the OG. All
0: right, cool. So cross that one off. Um, would you go see Final Destination? I love Final, final Destination. I would definitely go see it.
1: And it's actually it's an, another one of the, the t- franchise. I would like to try to. I think I'm gonna come and I may end up talking about it on here. I want to start revisiting some of these early, you know, early to mid two thousands franchises. Um, final Destination oh. falls right squarely within that because um, you just you aren't seeing you aren't seeing the the sixth or the seventh movie too much anymore everyone's building universes um yeah so i'm interested in going back to these sequel 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 movies and this is a good way to do
0: it i feel like final destination is one not to go off on too much of a tangent but i feel like final destination is one of the most underrated franchises because final destination one two and three are solid like they're fun they're fun movies uh and the fourth one is horrible but five brings it back man five is awesome so I really think it's like for five movies, I think four are like really, really good. Um, So I feel like you could do a lot worse if you're talking about revisiting a franchise.
1: What was it about the early 2000s in horror where everything was, I, I use the term right, a Rube Goldbergian way to die? Saw, hostile, final destination. Like what was it about like these, like in the early 2000s where like, we just want to see deaths that happened in wonky and ridiculous ways
0: so there's this awesome um podcast uh part of the fangoria network uh it's done by rebecca mckendry she's on shockwaves and uh she talks about she actually has a doctorate uh in like horror literature Um, and she, uh, she talks about this and she talks about like horror, like throughout time, uh, and her, like part of her and part of the belief about why we had so many of these like horrible things, like, you know, horrible ways to die around that time is supposedly like right around that time, you know, we were in the Iraq war and we were seeing like, you know, all those horrible, like graphic, like, you know, behaviors, videos of people getting like beheaded and stuff like that. Remember? And they were thinking like, okay, like, you know, people are getting caught and tortured and, um, uh, what's that camp? Um, uh, that they had, like, the soldiers in that they were, like, tortured. Oh, the
1: one yeah. in uh, Cuba,
0: yeah, Guantanamo. Yeah, Guantanamo, and, like, all this stuff was coming to light, and we were seeing all these horrible, like, torture things on TV that, like, supposedly, like, the theory is that it was mirrored in the horror movies, you know? It was a way to kind of, like control it like a little bit more you know it's interesting interesting theory
1: oh dude when we get a uh, number one link that in the show notes and when we get off air uh, give me that podcast i want to check that oh, out yeah
0: it's really cool um she uh she talks for about usually like an hour long it's on the fangoria podcast network um it's a it's really good again she's on shockwaves um the show is called nightmare university um it's really it's really good um you'll totally dig it um, so we,
1: much for not going off on a tangent. Hey man, like, <laughs> you know what?
0: Like that—that's cool. That's something that someone else is gonna discover, cool. and they're gonna really like it. I hope. Um, Near dark is eight o'clock. That's the movie after Final Destination. Guess what? Never seen it. Never, would, never would, heard of it. Would watch it. Um, I feel like I definitely want to. I've heard about it before, but I can tell you what it's about. Um, so I would definitely like to check it out and kind of see what it is. So near dark.
1: It's a, I I did a quick because when I saw it pop up, it was one movie I wasn't at all familiar with. It's uh, Vampire. Yeah, it's a vampire right? flick, uh, which oh, I'm okay. interested in. I think '80s, right?
0: Uh huh. Definitely it,
1: 1988. Yeah, a late '80s vampire flick. I'm kind of in. Bill Paxton. Yeah, uh, I mean, can't ever remember I mean, Bill Paxton. You're in
0: now, right? I'm in. Uh, then we have Hellraiser at 10, um, which uh, I believe is the OG Hellraiser because mm-hmm. we have some stars from Hellraiser at this movie, so I feel like that makes sense
1: probably a skip for me no no slate the hellraiser just i just watched it
0: yeah no no i hear you um and then so at 10 o'clock there's no other uh well they do have the we'll get to events after the films um midnight we they have you pick the film and we've been talking with uh on twitter uh we've been talking to monster mania uh which is at monster mania and we of course are at it came from ch uh we're talking about what movies we're going to be playing at midnight and still don't know. It's actually fans pick the movie at midnight, but one of the movies that the fans can pick is Jason X.
1: Ah, I love that
0: movie. Jason X is one of those like so bad. It's good. Uh, type movies. Like, I think it's a lot of fun. I think it's ridiculous. Um, not really sure what else is kind of up for grabs to be watched that night. Um, you know, if there's, uh, I'd be curious to see if there's any like movies that are actually like on film. Sometimes they have prints of movies and that's usually where they show it if they do. So, we'll have to see i'm anxious to see what this midnight movie is
1: yeah it's uh a jason x classic i mean it's it's so bad it's good it's just so utterly ridiculous in concept and you have like just some of the for me just some of the most iconic kills um the, one, the sleeping bag kill where he just racks around a tree oh yeah um i feel like that's you know what i feel like that's a uh, that's a hole, and it's a shame that it's probably never going to get done or at least anytime soon. But like, man, there's like not enough. Like, I would like Super Suit Jason collectible, like, you know what I'm saying? Like the silver crazy future mask. Um, now I gotta go try to find that, see if anyone's made that at any point. I feel
0: like it had to have existed at one point, right? Like, it's been around, it came out long ago enough. It, it, there must be something.
1: Uh, now I have another grail.
0: There you go um there are a couple more events too i just uh i read all the events that were taking place everything that we just talked about takes place in the riverside um uh pavilion uh however not the riverside pavilion plaza one three riverside pavilion uh on saturday uh we have the hellraiser q a uh that's at seven uh then we have the robert england q a that's at eight.
1: Oh, i mean if you've never seen a robert england q a I mean, make sure you make your way there. That man is an, an obvious professional, not only in acting, but in doing this um, and in, in interacting with fans and doing cons. He is uh, lovely to watch and tells great stories and is, ar- is articulate and very, very, very charismatic.
0: Yeah, he's he's, he's super he's super well-spoken. It's definitely a must-see if you've never gone to it before. And then the costume contest is at 9. I feel like that's earlier than normal.
1: Yeah, probably a little bit. Still so, you got a lot of stuff here, man. You gotta cram it all in.
0: You do. And then lastly, one of the highlights of the horror convention for me is Rocky Horror at midnight Saturday in the Riverside Pavilion. This is going up against, of course, the you choose the film. For me, like as as fun as like you choose the film might be, I can't I can't move myself away from Rocky Horror. It's part of the experience.
1: Yeah, it's the one it's the one bummer. Um I always want to do you choose the film because so I think it'd be a heck of a lot of fun. Um, but unfortunately it's always the same time as Rocky Horror mm. and Rocky Horror is like are you know is like the penultimate you know culmination of the of the con for us and it is you know we've seen it yeah, like 15 times at this point oh uh, yeah it,
0: pretty much every time we've gone and stayed at the convention we've seen it
1: and it's still fun. It's still it's still a blast. It's still a good time. Uh, it's always fun. People always shouting out insane things. Um, and if you've never seen a live performance of Rocky Horror with audience participation, um, you are missing out. And, well, maybe not because if you're going to Monster Mania, you have a chance to check it out. It's well worth your time.
0: Yeah, and I feel like that's the ideal type of like live showing of Rocky Horror because you have... Like, that place is packed full of people, and everybody is super into it, very, like, welcoming, too, if you haven't seen the movie before. Um, like, it's definitely one of those all-in-good, fun-type things. Um, I, I I love it. It is one of my favorite things of the convention to do. Uh, so, yeah, I'm definitely, definitely excited for that, man.
1: Definitely sit with – uh the one thing I'll say is that the, the other room – and I know why they had to move it. You know, you have to move around things to make spaces. So the other room was a little bit tighter, so it forced, like, yeah. getting, like, more, you know, talk with your neighbors, which is really what Rocky Horror is all about. So because it's in the pavilion, make sure that you don't, like, don't trust it in the back. Like, grab a row with, like, a bunch of folks you don't know um, and have fun with it. And you'll have you'll have a more enjoyable communal theater-going experience um, than if you just, like, you know, go hang out in the back where there's, like, you know, a bunch of empty seats
0: yeah definitely and the cool thing is too about the Riverside Pavilion there is like there's a bathroom like right there so uh, if, you, if you have to get up and go it's like you know it's like right there as opposed to the other room which I do like because it was smaller but like you had to walk uh, like a good amount of room uh, but this everything you need is kind of like right there so uh, for sure Riverside Pavilion the stock is rising in my in my eyes
1: <laughs> but I think like the biggest problem I'm going to have over this weekend uh, next weekend oh, I feel so good to say is that there's so much stuff that I'm interested in. I know I can't do it all because you have the vendor rooms and you have, you know, we got to eat. Um, there's, there's going to, it's, it's going to be hard to do everything we want to do. There's so much, it, they, they've packed the events and the movies uh, chock full. This is the best I've seen in a while, so I'm I'm really excited for that.
0: Yeah, especially the movies too, because like I mean, I love walking the dealer room. I love going to check out all the all the films. But I feel like the films, uh, at least at, at least in my eyes, for like the last like Connor show, like there just hasn't really been too many movies being shown that I want to see. Uh, I look at this list and I'm like, this this is pretty good. I definitely could uh, watch like probably like three of these films uh, for sure. Um, oh, totally. And then the only other thing we really have on deck before we uh, go ahead and get into our interview, um, Mr. Rob, is kind of like what we're looking forward to the most.
1: Uh, Spending money. Mm -hmm. Uh, I have – man, do I have a list. I feel like this year, uh, more than other years, I have uh, a little bit of a shopping list, which is strange for me. Normally I just kind of go – and I just buy, you know, what catches my eye and, you know, what kinda of connects. Um, but this year this year I may actually I may literally make a shopping list to my phone big up, oh, bought that, bought that. Um Which I'll go into a little bit more in detail, but what about you? Where are you at? Uh, I mean,
0: one of my favorite things to do, uh, obviously at this convention, we've talked about it before, is to just peruse the dealer room. Like, I love just doing laps around this thing, and you and I are essentially walking around the same three rooms, I don't even know how many dozens of times, like day in and day out. Um, But I have a good time just like going around, checking out, seeing what's available, and just kind of soaking in the atmosphere. Um, Between that and Rocky Horror are probably my two favorite um, actual movies mania type uh, things to do um i don't like i feel like making a list is a great idea because sometimes it's just overwhelming when you're there uh, and you might kind of forget that there might be something that you're looking for so if you have a list of things that you're you know you've got your eye on it might help you or at least ask people if they might have something that you're looking for uh where because uh, sometimes you might just forget being like engulfed in all that is monster mania
1: totally Um, are you doing any autographs? Let's start there.
0: Oh, yeah. Am I doing any autographs? Um, I think I think I think so. I think I have to get Clyde Barker. Um,
1: ooh, go big or go home. It depends. It's gonna
0: I think I think I have I think I have to um, I have um, you know, I've got the Hellraiser posters signed by Doug Bradley already um, depending on like what his line is like, um, I feel like it would be nice to have him sign that um, Devin Sawa is uh, interesting too. I have to think about that uh, a little bit. I do have uh, Final Destination signed by Tony Todd, so to have it signed by Devin Sawa would be pretty cool uh, as well.
1: And that won't be. I mean, that. I mean, if you're doing, if you're gonna do Clive Barker, you know you got a line. You, he's gonna have be. He's gonna be pretty busy. Uh, do you, th- dude, you know what?
0: I absolutely agree with you. I, th- I would think so. But I'm telling you, the last time when we were at um, Monster Mania. And like I looked over, Doug Bradley, no line. Nope, no line at all, which made no sense to me. Uh, I looked over, Tony Todd, no line. I was even there one time Sunday after, um, like, when the It Kids uh, came and I perused a little bit solo. Uh, I was there when John Carpenter had a line of about 12 people mm. on a Sunday. So, like, you you never you never know. You you have you have no idea, um. So, so bring I,
1: it just in case.
0: Oh, dude, I'm totally I'm totally bringing it because it, you you can't not you can't not bring it. I'm gonna have it with me and at least check out to see what the line is gonna be like. And we're gonna be in there, you know, somewhat earlier on the Friday. So there's a shot. I don't want to spend like you know three hours in line. I, I'm not gonna do that. But will I wait like thirty minutes? Like <coughs> yeah yeah
1: for sure. That's cool. I mean hey that's cool. I think I've already I've been on record here. I'm, I'm Shawnee Smith I'm getting an autograph from her. It's a guarantee. Um. I don't expect her to be particularly, you know, super long line, maybe, you know, 30 minutes to 45 minutes, especially on a Friday. Um, So I'll do that. Get her to sign my saw poster. That's probably the only autograph I'm going to get for right now. Uh, Again, unless I see something at the con and it catches my fancy, but that's the one piece that I know I want. Um I know for I know I'm hoping. I'm hoping beyond hope. I'm expecting my dealers to hook me up. Uh again, I've been on record Tony Terrors. I am going to buy as many of those as I can find. Ooh. Uh I'm hoping. Uh I was originally planning on just doing the Jason and the Freddy, but the more that I look at the uh modern Pennywise, um I really like that one, too. And then I get to the places as a collector. I'm like, well, I can just have the whole wave if I buy one more. Um, but although, you know, the 80s it, I understand the, the iconicness that is Tim Curry. It it doesn't have, it. I don't have a whole lot of nostalgia for that particular movie. I know, that's sacrilegious. Um, but definitely, I love those figures. They're brand new. They're just coming out. Um, so that's definitely something that I'm keeping an eye out for. And we'll, we'll buy as many as I can find no, I think that's I think that's a good choice. There's a lot of the
0: Cenobites there as well, but I don't know if I'm I don't know if I'm getting into that autograph wise. It might be a slippery
1: slope. That I mean, again, it just depends on what you're looking for. That's you know, four signatures. They don't come around. They all don't come around together all that often. I mean, they've been there I think twice now. Um, this meeting, I think, their third time there, um, all together. So that may be worth it, man, and Clive Barker all at the same time just get it all done that is i mean that's not cheap but it may be worth it you got the poster for it already that's true i have to
0: see i have to do a little research here and see it there is i think ashley lawrence who is at the convention i think she's on my um i think she's on my my hellraiser poster uh so if that's (laughs) if that's true that might make uh, that might make sense uh, to get signed. We'll have to see.
1: I feel like our audience is getting a little uh, little taste into what we basically do to each other. So if anyone's you know, everyone's familiar with the devil and angel. Me and Glenn are both the devil on each other's shoulder. Where it comes to the commerce like, just spend the money, Rob. Yeah, Don't she's to, she's. I think she's on there. Just just it's okay. It's just money. You can get it back. It's fine. You need that autograph, Glenn. You need that autograph. You know the serabites. You know the serabites and Clive Barker. What are you doing? You have to complete your. You have to complete the poster this is basically what we do for for an entire week <laughs> yeah i know
0: it's good though i feel like it makes you feel better
1: <laughs> it does make me feel better um when i buy something you know ridiculous so
0: because then you have someone to blame you'll be like well
1: well here's the nice thing the nice thing is you're already planning on bringing the poster anyway so it almost doesn't matter who you decide to get signed because yeah. you're gonna you don't have to bring something special for it so that's good um so what else? Um, you know, I'm really looking forward. Um, looking at something right now that I I regret not buying when I was originally thinking about it, um, which is the hopefully someone will have the Neca Power Loader from Aliens.
0: Oh yeah, you've had your eye on that for a while, right?
1: Yeah, I almost bought it two cons ago. Um, I don't have a big Aliens collection, um, but I have the Alien Queen, the the big Neca Alien Queen, and I have Ripley and Newt. Um, and at the time, I didn't know any of that, and I was like, "Am I just gonna buy the power loader just for the power loader, just to have it?" And I'm like, "Ah, eh, no, it doesn't make sense." Uh, now I sincerely, because I know I look at it on my shelf, it probably look really cool to power loader fighting the queen. Um, so I'm on the eye for that. I don't, I don't believe there, I don't believe it's in production anymore. So it's kind of just like what stock people have. Um, and hopefully, hey, maybe I'll get lucky and see if I can pick it up. So that may be another purchase I end up doing. You know, but it, it kind
0: of makes sense because you have, you have like some, you have shelf space like in your room for yeah. these things. Uh, mm-hmm. So, I mean, I feel like that's good. That's one reason I feel like I gravitate towards the autographs because I don't really have a lot of shelf space. I'm obviously running out of room, so I feel like I can make it happen. Uh, but, but I've got, I do have like, you know, posters or not posters. I do have framed, frame posters like on the wall uh, that like, don't take up, don't take up any shelf space because they're hanging, but they're easy to get signed. So I feel like it makes sense that you gravitate more towards the toys and I usually gravitate more towards the autographs.
1: Well, also that I'm, you know, I'm 33 going on 12. That helps. <laughs>
0: <laughs> that's true. Uh, Ashley Lawrence is
1: thirty dollars for an autograph, and she is on my poster. I feel like that might have to happen. <laughs> I think it's gonna. I think it's. Uh, I I think that's a great one to do. I think her and Clive Barker is great. If yeah. you just want to go for the major ones, mm-hmm. if you want to go for the Cerebi- uh Well, here's the thing. It's well, we're, we're ever was everyone there in Hellraiser one? I know the 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 woman Cerabites there. The the. The guy with multiple chins is there. He's in the movie. Yeah. There's a third one, but I think he's from two.
0: You know, there's a nice thing about this though, because, like, this, this allows me to say that, like, you know, my insanity uh, for, like, you know, completionism, uh, like, can can end here because none of those centibytes are on the poster. <laughs> it's just, it's just, it's just her and uh, Pinhead. That's it. You know, so like, I can have everybody on their poster signed, like, done.
1: Well, you also gotta do Clyde Barker. Oh for-
0: yeah, well yes, of course, of course. Of course. Goes without Come saying. On. Come on,
1: the creator uh, Trumps. Yeah, law.
0: exactly. Well, yeah, yeah, he he completes it. You know, uh, it's kind of like my it, like my it. I guess like I could easily get out of not completing the it one, but I'm so far like down the it like signature <laughs> rabbit hole. Um, I'm really only missing three signatures. Um, yeah, three. One of which I feel like I'm never getting, but. Uh, I don't think Bill Skarsgård's coming too. <laughs> yeah, you <laughs> never know. Me, yeah, you never know. You never know. That would be that would be awesome.
1: Uh, let me think. Uh, anything else that I'm I'm particularly looking forward to? Um, I well, again, uh, you know, anything in the Mezco 112 series. Um, there's nothing. It doesn't look like any of the big horror ones are coming out until October. So Freddy's not coming out till October. Um, so unless someone gets something weird early, um, I think. And I'm not a hundred percent sure on this, but there is a uh, the Wesley Snipes Blade is also on that list, and I I think he's already out or will be out shortly. Can't remember. I've seen a couple pictures of him in the wild, but you never can quite tell with those. Um, so if that's there, I may I may think of that because Blade is Blade is iconic.
0: The Freddy Krueger one should be there.
1: I thought it was October. It says ships July to September. Really?
0: So it's totally possible that oh someone no. might have it.
1: No, someone will have it uh, if it's saying ships. Then unless there was a delay, I thought it was not shipping to October. So Ooh. that's an insta buy. There's
0: the Blade one. Is that Blade's a- eighty bucks? Oh, the Ghostbusters. Whoa. Yeah. Well, the Ghostbusters, <laughs> Ghostbusters is all, is all four. Of them. A lot of money all, all four them for
1: three hundred. Wait, is uh, is uh, Blade out now?
0: Um uh, yes. Uh, oh, but no. uh ones oh no so it is scary nightmares looking at that one yeah so there's freddy and he's yeah he's july to september so he could be out it's waitlisted right now
1: oh that's it's september
0: so i i july to september
1: we'll see i i think i don't think they don't crush your own dream i don't think they're out in the wild yet it could be there uh but wesley snipes i believe is right
0: yeah it's also waitlisted Oh, is it? On their website. That doesn't mean that, like, you know. Is it out I, yet? I, I, yeah, it looks like it.
1: Let's see. What does it say?
0: There's no date on no it. No date,
1: so it's out. Okay. So that means, that, hey, a dealer can totally have it. That's um, what I'm saying. Like, Can I let you in on a little secret? Yeah. I'm, I'm, and I don't know if it's this con, but I am, I am debating about a Hot Toys. Are you familiar with Hot Toys at all? Mm, no. Hot Toys is the the cream of the crop. Of uh, figure collecting, they are the most articulate, the most well done, the most well tailored. They are spectacular. A uh, sideshow. Uh, I believe you bought them or partners with them, um, and they may. There's a guy there who always sells them, and every year I'm always tempted. So thank you, ladies and gentlemen, um, for tuning into yet another episode of It Came from Cherry. Hill don't mind me, 14.
0: ladies and <laughs> gentlemen. We're getting a uh, getting a little ahead of ourselves with our <laughs> interview right there. <laughs>
1: I was like, wait a second, you're talking, but your lips aren't moving.
0: Yeah. Um, you'll get, well, I know we're excited for that interview, like Glenn <laughs> from the past, but we'll get there in just a few minutes.
1: But, uh, so I've always toyed with the idea of, I would like to have one hot toys in my collection. Um, just because they are so iconic, they are also incredibly expensive. So it's going to depend on what it is. I think it would probably be something, honestly, probably something non horror related, probably something on the star Wars spectrum. Um, But they are, you know, they're like $300, (laughs) something like that. So, we'll see, man. We'll see. Um, We'll see. if I've been toying with the idea now for like six months. So, there's a guy there I know always has them. So, I'll take a look and see. I may think about it.
0: You know, Rom. Since we're talking about spending money, and it sounds like you're getting ready to, like, you know, <laughs> like do some serious financial damage to yourself, make sure that you save some of that hard-earned cash for Jen over at Cemetery Haunts. Our guest, who was like super nice, uh, to take some of the time out of her, extremely busy schedule producing all of these awesome headstones to come over on our show and talk about you know what it is that she does uh in terms of the creational process and uh kind of just like her thoughts and musings about monster mania con being a vendor and how excited she is uh so sir if you don't have anything else i'm just going to turn it over to us uh, in the past here, and Jen, as she kind of tells us all about Cemetery Haunts. And of course, if you are interested in checking her out, look for her at the convention and check out the show notes to get a link to uh, the the Facebook, as well as the Instagram and the Etsy account for Cemetery Haunts.
1: Yeah, totally check her out. Actually, I'm glad you brought her up. I totally forgot. She has the little mini tombstones that I'm super interested in because they seem like they could fit in a lot of my stuff. So she has some really cool stuff. It seems like it's for every type of collector, full size, need something smaller for your shelf. Uh, She does some really, really, really cool stuff. Um, So I am super excited that you all get to hear this interview. And Glenn, the next time we talk to everyone, it'll be it'll be post-con.
0: I I know. I know. I'm excited, but also sad.
1: Oh, I can't wait! Uh, yeah, we'll be doing a recap show shortly after uh, Monster yeah. Mania to kind of tell you guys and you know help you come help you come down with that post con high. Uh, but for everyone, have a wonderful time if you're traveling the Cherry Hill. Please travel safe. Uh, hopefully, you know we get the chance. Maybe we'll meet one or two of you. That'd be even cooler. Um, and yeah, enjoy your con experience, man. God knows we will.
0: Absolutely. You know, Rob, one of these uh, mini tombstones might look good behind all of your 112 figures. No, stop it. (laughs) All right, ladies and gentlemen, stay tuned for the interview. So thank you, ladies and gentlemen, for tuning in to yet another episode of It Came From Cherry Hill. And we were fortunate enough to be uh, joined uh, by Jen from Cemetery, Cemetery Haunts, if I can pronounce that correctly. Jen, how are you doing this evening?
2: I'm good tonight. How are you?
0: Not too, not too bad. Um, can you tell us a little bit? You, you now, you're a vendor, or going to be, from what I understand, a first-time vendor at Monstermania. Is that correct?
2: First-time vendor, and I can't wait.
0: Uh, I think it's, uh, I think it's going to be super, super uh, exciting. Have you ever, have you ever been to Monstermania at all, like in general? I know you, um, you used to be from the South Jersey area.
2: Yeah, I was from. I used to live right by uh, Fort Dix. Um, yeah, I've actually have gone to the Monster Manias out in Cherry Hill, and they're always, they're fabulous. They really are. I love seeing how everybody is in character, and <laughs> it's so interesting because you can't tell them apart from the actual, like, the movie. So it's it's incredible and amazing to see the people dressed up and really getting into everything. So this will be my first time on the other side of the table. I'm usually the one approaching the table to buy things. And now I'm on the other side of the table selling things.
0: That's, I mean, that's awesome. Um, I mean, then you kind of, you kind of have an idea of like the scale and like, I guess like the uniqueness of some of the stuff that you see at Monster Mania. And I've never seen anything um, like what you have, uh, you know, uh, for sale. Uh, Can you tell, uh, tell us a little bit about uh, what you do?
2: Yeah, I, what I do, what actually I started as doing is about 10 years ago, I started making my own tombstones because I'm very, very big into Halloween. And I got to tell you, the stores, they just don't cut it when it comes to Halloween props. They're cheap. With the, the tombstones, they fly away. You can't anchor them. So being an artist myself, I decided I can do. I can make these and i said you know what i went out to an actual cemetery took some pictures as unorthodox as that seems and i said you know what i'm going to recreate these and see where it takes me with that and i go home i make them i put them out in my yard for halloween and everybody that would come by they said these are the best things that you need to make these and i was so busy with everything else in my life i said oh, no this is just for halloween um Enough people said it that I said, let me let me just stick one on eBay and see what happens, and it just snowballed from there. Uh, people were contacting me. They said, you know, I'm tired of these store-bought ones. So it grew from the love of Halloween to really a small little business to make some extra money, then onto social media. Um, And then now what I'm bringing to the show is movie replicas. So where you have these fans that they want to really capture their favorite scene. And there's a tombstone that is really in front and center of this really big moment of, of the movie. People want that. And I really at the time did not know that there was a market for that. And I started bringing these to social media and Instagram and Facebook. People were like, oh, my God, I want one. Can I get one? And one of the biggest movers is actually the Judith Myers tombstone. Um, people are going crazy for this tombstone because not only does it really bring a a, a unique, a, a new unique type of collectible, But people now take them to the show and have Sandy Johnson sign them. So they have gone from just, I want it for my movie room, to I want to have autographs on these. So it's turned into a new type of collectible. So I'm bringing to the show a handful. I, I can only bring with me nine, nine big displays and a couple minis. Uh, a couple different designs of the minis, so I'm going to be bringing uh, Jason Voorhees, Pamela Voorhees, Judith Myers, um, even Doc Brown from I've done uh, the Doc Brown from Back to the Future Three, where he gets shot in the back by Biff. So that that's a very big tombstone as well. So people really love the uniqueness of it, and I I just I fell into it. I just I fell into I was lucky I guess I was lucky I just I'm good at it so um, I really hope that people stop by and they go this is cool I really want one.
1: Well, I'll tell you this I mean I was I was looking at it and I I I it's one of my favorite things on Halloween is the you know the front yard graveyard it's something that's taken it to me from the kid Um, my favorite parts of Halloween is seeing how creative people in the neighborhood will get so to see what you do and. Guys, it is spectacular. Um, We'll obviously link to the show. We'll link to the store in the show notes, and you can check it out. But it, the work here is awesome. But the thing that I thought was cool, like I was first taken in by what you were just saying, right? Like the the IP. You know, the Emmett Brown tombstone looks perfect. Um, But what I really loved was that you even have like the old school traditional Halloween tombstones, like the Here Lies Good Old Fred a big old rock fell on his head. Like That's the stuff I remember from being a kid. Um, so I just got a nice little nostalgia bomb on that. That's super cool. Um, I, I think the thing, and me and Glenn have both been having conversations around this since we got on, and we've we've stayed away from it because I, I, I want to hear you explain it. What is the process like to make one of these? Because they really do look spectacular, but I'm also assuming you're not chiseling a bunch of stone.
2: Oh, God, no. Uh, the the key is to make it look like real stone. That's, that's the key. That's the tricky part. Um, it has taken years. And my husband even said the other day, he goes, you know, looking back at files that I, I have on my external hard drive, he goes, you know, it's funny as I look at the stuff that you did 10 years ago, which was good. He goes, even your very first ones were really good. He goes, but they're nothing compared to what you do today. He goes, you've really taken it you know, to a whole other level. The amount of time and work that goes in, it's its studying, looking at what tombstones look like in the 1800s, because I'd have to say even now, now is starting the serious Halloween people. People are really preparing for their, their haunts now. So the process, and I even to give people a good idea, I do have my YouTube channel, and you can search that uh, "Cemetery Haunts Tombstone Props." You can see start to finish. I start with a big piece of green; uh, it's solid extruded foam. It is not that white, crappy styrofoam that you would normally buy in a store at one of those mass-produced uh, tombstones that. Well, fall apart because they crumble. So I go to Lowe's. I think you can go to Home Depot too, but Lowe's has better foam, I think at least. Um, it starts as like a four foot by eight foot sheet of foam. I cut it to the shape, like the the size that I need it. Um, I have my template. I lay the template out. Uh, things are done by hand with a Dremel. So you go and you Dremel everything out. Uh, you cut the shape of the tombstone, you, you uh, sand it down, take it to be painted, like the, the base coat of paint, then, then the fun part of the actual final detail work. And that's where, I guess, really the artistic end comes into it, and you have to have an artistic eye. Uh, it's just years of critiquing of what type of sponges to what type of paint, to how much water should be used. Um, I started off basically painting all the letters in by hand. And I'm like, oh, this is tedious. This is ridiculous. Give me me that airbrush. I was like, oh, that was was the best investment, (laughs) the airbrush gun. So the airbrush gun does get all my spraying of all the letters to make them black or make them really whatever color even the customer wants because even now it's branched out. I've probably done – tombstones for about 20 different movies so far this year. So I have branched off into doing uh, like indie films. So I'm forever getting uh, relatively large orders. When I say that, it's anywhere from two to 15 um, props for one movie. Uh, I'm even doing for Jason Rising, uh, a fan film that's coming out Oh, I I don't know when he said it's coming out. It's soon, though, because now we're in the middle of doing tombstones that are backed by sands. So um, it's like really, I'm taking it in so many different directions with uh, with that. But I know I got away from the how it's made part. But it's really, uh, it takes anywhere from a few hours, depending on the size of the tombstone, a few hours to... My longest tombstone took me 2 weeks and I had the flu. Oh. <laughs> I had the flu making that. So it all depends on the tombstone.
0: Yeah, they you it seems like you have a variety of different designs and I think that's it's amazing that you can do that with uh, a, a Dremel, um, because like, everything looks so symmetrical and so like straight and like lined up perfectly. Uh, I, the fact that you can do that by hand is is like you know, nothing nothing short of amazing for sure.
2: It's funny. My dad said when I was four, and they were setting up some horse corral. When I was, it was for Christmas. It was a Christmas present. My dad set up the fence. in in the living room and with toys and my dad goes, you step back and you said to me, dad, the the fence is not level. He goes, I've never heard a child say that before. I said, well, I just, I I can, my eyes see level and it's OCD. That's what that is, it's OCD.
0: Well, you're putting it to good use because everything definitely seems like very level and symmetrical again, like here, you know, that is, That is for sure. You mentioned green foam and Rob and I were kind of taking like bets beforehand. Um, Is it like an actual like foam? Because you mentioned it was green. I'm like, I'm looking at it. I'm like, is that like, is that like Oasis, like that floral arrangement type thing and you're like cutting it? Or is it just like a special type of foam?
2: Oh, no, it's, it's actually used for soundproofing and Uh. insulation. If, If you go into Lowe's and you go down the insulation aisle, uh, they've got it in different thicknesses. I get the two inch thick because that's going to give you the sturdiest, thickest stone. Um, and it's pretty, pretty rigid. And I mean, you, I, I've accidentally thrown a couple of them down the stairs because <laughs> my own, you know, I, I'm like, I don't have time. And I will really kick it down a flight of stairs because I'm like, I don't care. And I get to the bottom of the stairs. I'm like, well, I just guinea pig this to see if it would survive. And it did. I actually had a couple of them. Um, uh, to see if they'd stand up through wind, through Hurricane Sandy. I threw them outside, mm-hmm. and uh, I had them because there's PVC pipes that run up the center of them that you slide over uh, rebar. So this way they stay stable in the ground through wind and rain and stuff like that. They're all weatherproof, regardless if they're an inside prop that is solely for your movie display room, uh, or you plan on – Putting them outside for whoever knows how long. They're all weatherproofed. They're never going to fade or anything because I use good high-end paint. But um, if you go down the insulation aisle of Lowe's, that's where you can find it. And you buy them in big sheets and you want. I mean, I, my Jason Voorhees and Pamela Voorhees, I make them four inches thick so I've got two sections of that and I adhere them together with Gorilla Glue and they've got, their edges are literally done with concrete. I make those stones look like real stone. I put forth a lot of energy and effort because I want perfection. I think that people have just gotten way too I don't know. Cozy with crap. And I I hate saying that, but Mm -hmm. it just seems like there's a lot of props out there that are just so mediocre and everybody is okay with that because they're, they're just used to this mass produced stuff that is, Oh, Hey, this is good. And it's like, no, but you want great. You don't want good. You don't want something that's like, "Eh." (laughs) you know, you want, if you're going to spend the money, Spend the money on something that's going to be good, really good, that's going to feel almost and look just like the real thing. And I I would never, I don't half-ass anything ever, 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 ever. Um, And anybody will see that. You come to my table, you're going to say, hey, I saw this on Instagram. I, I wanted to buy one, but I wanted to wait to see it in person. And... They're going to see it in person and be like, uh, yeah, this is definitely – I tell everybody, it looks good on the photo. You just see it in person. And I don't talk highly about myself. You know, you guys can see if you've seen any of my customer, um, like, feedback and people who are on my Instagram page, people. Even Sandy Johnson, she's got two of mine, and she's she plugs me all the time. She's like, this stuff is amazing. She, she loves my stuff. So uh, she's even going to be using – the big one the 36 inch Judas stone in her um, I think she's got a photo shoot in October she's going to be using that with So yeah I'm looking at uh,
1: there's there's one in particular I've been kind of perusing through and I looked a bit before we got on but I like it was like to come on these things fresh but there's one in particular um, it's the William and Mary scared Halloween one the, and I'm looking at this and I'm from a I'm from an older town uh, in central New Jersey. That has a lot of you know old 18 17th century graveyards and churches here And I'm looking at this and the thing that's catching my eyes number one It looks like it looks like things that I've seen in my town But we were talking I was talking about the how how symmetrical and how perfectly you're able to cut it The thing that strikes me about this is there's there's planned imperfection in it um, It looks again like it was hewn from by hand from someone in that time frame Making a tombstone, which is that to me is that to me is even more impressive. You're able to look at your artist's eye. And you're able to say, "No, it would be a little bit off because someone's doing this by hand." Is that just is that just time in the chair? Is that just I've been doing this for a while and I'm an artist by nature. I can kind of see how it looks. Is it a lot of research that you do? Um, what is it that kind of gives you that book? Because I've never seen when you tell me it's made out of foam, I'm, I'm blown away. When it
2: comes to the foam. Believe it or not, uh, a lot of them, actually, the sheets will come with imperfections in them themselves, where it'll. They, there might be an indent. There's one that's actually going out to a customer that had a couple indents coming from the manufacturer. I kept those. I could have gone over with a filler and smoothed that out, but in reality, because this was not a movie prop, this was a Halloween prop. I kept the imperfections because in real life, anything that is from the 1800s, 1700s, um, it's definitely not going to be perfect. You're going to see the age of the weathering from all the snow and the rain, and everything's going to be pitted and running, and things are just not going to look as beautiful as they did, you know, 150 years ago. So people want realistic they they want they they don't want something that just says r.i.p with a skull on it granted there are people that do want that and then that, that that's fine that's fine. I i don't knock anybody for anything that they want on their stone but then you do have people who want that really aged authentic look because that william and mary was taken from a cemetery magnolia cemetery in charleston south carolina it's an old civil war cemetery um even uh, the Harrington stone. Harrington is, is to me, uh, my mascot. I love that that tombstone. That thing stuck out like a sore thumb to me. I saw it, and I went, oh, oh my gosh, this thing just popped uh, when I saw it in the cemetery, because I used to live in, uh, in Charleston a couple of years ago, and I did not have anything other than my sister with me to do a size of reference. Uh, So I had to have her stand next to the tombstone, and I took a couple pictures of it, and I recreated it uh, just from her standing next to it. I love that tombstone. It really uh, speaks to me the most. Um, And I wish I could bring that to Monster Mania with me, but the thing is a beast. So not until I probably not, because I'll be doing Hunt Valley as well. Uh, probably not Hunt Valley, but maybe the one after. And I'll get two tables and then I'll bring a couple of my my big ones that are from actual cemeteries that are replicas. Uh, I like doing the replicas because it tests my ability as an artist to recreate something that is in real life out of something that has absolutely no features to it at all. That's hard, but it's fun to me it's fun because i have ocd and i get to take my ocd out on that um because then i can go through all those little details and find those little imperfections and match it up and say okay well if i'm replicating i need to replicate um but if i'm just coming up with something on my own which there's a handful on my my etsy page that are just like okay this is real quick this is what i i I made up and then the majority of them were actually quickly made for my own haunt and then i just turned around and i put the image up on etsy to see if it would sell people people love them um but yeah i do take the time uh to to try to replicate that as close as possible um It's, it's like I said, it's for, for me, it's fun for average everyday people. They look at me and they go, yeah, yeah, I'll, I'll pay you for it. I don't want to be bothered with that. Now I'll just, I'll just pay you the $89. Just send it to me when you're done.
0: Well, I mean, a lot of, obviously a lot of work goes into creating all, all these, as you said, it takes hours and hours, uh, you know, in order to, produce one and you mentioned you're going to be bringing some of the larger ones and some of the smaller ones over to the, conve- uh, to the convention. Once you kind of, uh, you know, kind of sell through them and they're gone, are they just, are they just gone? Are you here? Are you at the monster mania all three days? And, uh, if so, where, do you know where your table is? Like where we can find you?
2: I don't know. Ooh. Uh, to my knowledge, it's basically it's first come first serve because okay. this is my first show. Um, I don't really know um, because being that I'm a first-timer, I may not get the best spot. But the one thing I have found with the the layout is everyone who comes in will at least make one round, and everybody always goes past like every vendor. I know I do at least um, because there's I don't want to miss one vendor. I, I, I want to mm-hmm. see what everybody's got. So I, I kind of said, well, you know what? Hopefully, I'll get a good spot. Um, if not, I mean, my stuff does really stand out. I've got a very, very large display. Um, it'll be, I'm going to have lights within my display to illuminate the tombstones. Uh, I'm going to have uh, all of my minis out on the front table. Um, and usually, everything that I have that's large, I have a mini of. Um, I will be debuting my uh, Freddy Krueger tombstone and my... Chucky Tombstone Ooh. at the show I've already put them up on Instagram but I did not list them for sale this is a product that will be launched at the show and I needed to really emphasize especially on Freddy Krueger because he's headlining oh yeah definitely um, unfortunately yeah and that, that's going to be exciting because I'm looking forward to that um, I'm looking forward to Hunt Valley as well because oh, Evil Dead 2 that's my movie hmm um, I I love Bruce Campbell. He is uh, he is basically why I do what I do because my uncles they sat me down and they go, you need to see this movie. And it was like, because at the time my uncle was working at a video store and it had just come in, and he brings home the VHS. You got to see this movie. So I'm like, what better way to you know you know it, it, bring in a 12 year old into the horror world? <laughs> so. Uh, yeah, Evil Dead is where I got, you know, granted I had seen Halloween and all of the horror movies my parents never shielded me from. Uh, but it was Evil Dead, too, that totally made me say, I love this. I feel at home. It's just, uh, yeah, whenever I go to the Monster Manias, never do I feel more at home than I do there around those people it's very strange I can't explain it so it's out in the real world and and you know at work and stuff because I do this full time now but when I was working I would always get the one raised eyebrow when people would say so what what is it that you like to do oh I like to make tombstones okay you're a little weird (laughs) um yeah I, I I was always looked at like you're a little strange I'm like, really? I don't think it's strange. And then when I go to the Monster Manias and I go to conventions where I see all these people who probably get the same one raised eyebrow, um, you go, I'm home. (laughs) There's all my family members. This is so nice. And, you know, you feel welcomed and normal. That's the best way to put it. You feel normal around everybody. Um, But, you know, uh, I've... I love what I do, I love what I do and it shows in my work and um, and I'm excited to launch it in person. This is something I would have never been able to do 20 years ago. Um, I did it 20, no, not quite 20 years ago but I was starting to um, but without the internet and social media this is not something that I really would have been able to do and and I'm glad it came along when it did and I'm where I'm at when I did because I get to express myself that makes me very, very happy.
1: Yeah, I mean you're you know, or you're on a podcast with the two other guys who are who are obviously big fans of Monster so we feel you about the you know, it feels like family, it feels like home when you go there. So yeah, this is awesome. I mean the, the work is spectacular. Everyone listening, please go check it out. Um, it is it is unbelievable what you're able to do. So, and thank you so much for taking some time out tonight to to talk with us. And I look forward to getting a chance to catch up with you at your booth. Um, yeah, looking forward to it. I think I think you're going to have a good show.
2: Yeah, fingers crossed. I can't wait. It'll only be in a couple of weeks, and I'll see you guys there.
1: Awesome, uh, Jed. Thank you so much for your time.
2: Thank you, guys, and I'll see you guys at Monster Mania.